Welcome back. My name is Andy. And I'm Steve. And we are joined today by none other than... Hey guys, my name is Madison. What's up? Madison's back. Madison. Hey. <laughs> so I actually didn't get to be a part of the podcast last time Madison was here. I was out at the time. And now, sadly, Chris is unable to join us today. He had a little holiday shindig that he had to go to. So, Tis unfortunately, he's not here. Is this like, uh, uh, Madison, are you the unofficial fourth member of Streaming Things at this point? I, I might be. <laughs> or I'm I'm the honorary sub exactly. that comes in. You I, I tag team. neck and neck. <laughs> that's okay. Next time we'll get Alex. He can fill in. So, yeah, Chris is not here. We had planned. Oh, I guess I should say this is what the show is. Guys, welcome to Streaming Things. This is the only podcast we're pretty sure, we're pretty sure. that uh, gives you the best, the brightest, the strangest TV and film properties out there for your streaming pleasure. And an ocean of streaming networks vying for your attention, we are your lighthouse, your beacons of broadcast, your curators of content. Chris, eat your goddamn heart out. <laughs> I nailed it. Uh, let's see, can I remember the number? Uh, 859-757-405. One. And we got a voicemail that we need to share with you guys today, we, here in a little bit. But yeah, well, that'll be later. That'll, that'll be, later. be later, but call that number. Let yeah. us know what you think. So yeah. we had planned today to talk about the our favorite holiday films, but we changed our minds. We all went to the movies the other day and we saw a little thing called Spider-Man something something home. And <laughs> God we're damn it. Excited to talk about it. And we thought, you know what? This will be a little holiday treat for ourselves. We don't want to talk about holiday movies. We want to talk about fucking Spider-Man. Hell yeah. So we're going to do that. Fucking Spider-Man. We're going to do that. But if you were really looking forward to hearing what our favorite holiday films were, we will throw you a bone. It just won't be the long segment we originally planned. It'll just be like, I'll point at Andy, but like, what is it? And yeah, we all like Christmas Vacation. Go ahead, watch that. It's good. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. <laughs> but so we should start off the show probably the way we always do and do a little bit of crossing streams. So Crossing Streams is a segment where we go out and we watch things with our eyes. We peep them with our peepers. I, per, I watch mine with my butt. You watch saying. them with your butt. Yeah. Okay, Jim Carrey. Here That's we go. That's my brown eye. So we go out, we watch some things. We uh, figure out what the good things are out there that are streamable. Because there's a thousand networks out there and we got most of them. I just got Paramount Plus recently. Did you? I did. Yeah. So I'm going to bring that up in my Crossing Streams here in a second. However, I'm going to toss the ball over to Madison, our guest. Hello. What have you been watching? Um, so keeping it kind of Marvel themed, uh, one of the most, like the recent thing I've been watching is Hawkeye. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Available on Disney plus. Yes. Andy, have you been watching Hawkeye? No, I'm so far behind on all of the Marvel TV show stuff. Like I didn't finish Falcon and soldier. I didn't watch any of Loki. Uh, except for the first episode when wow. we did a uh, recording on that. I and feel like so, you would like Loki the best out of all of them. Probably. Because it's yes. basically just Doctor Who. Exactly. Tom yeah. I just haven't had a chance really to go back. I actually started to watch the second episode the other day and then I got busy. But. Well, as you all know, Andy does suffer from a a, a serious disease called uh, superhero fatigue. Fatigue. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I, I get burnt out a lot faster than the rest of y'all. But Spider-Man's yeah. my jam. So I'm excited about that. So tell me about Hawkeye. Is it dope? It's been it's been pretty cool. Um, I I think people were surprised when they were you know after starting to watch it. I think they're like, oh wow, this this has a little bit more depth than what we were initially thinking it did, and it ties into a lot more of Black Widow related things. So I think that's what's keeping the ball rolling and what's keeping it 
you know, everybody watching it and stuff. But so what is it set like present timeline of mm-hmm. uh, yes. Marvel world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the snap is coming on. Yeah. Yeah, it deals a lot with the snap. It's actually really cool. It, a lot of it is centered around Hawkeye's kind of point of view. He's getting mm-hmm. older. He's also kind of wrestling with, you know, the, his demons that he's faced specifically yep. in Endgame. Um, and like Madison said, there's a lot of ties into Black Widow. There's a lot of ties into some cool things that I don't really want to say because that could be considered a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we'll touch on that later when we get into spoilers for um, Spider-Man. Something I will say about it is I like how... So at the end of Endgame, we obviously got this homage to Iron Man with his funeral. There kind of wasn't really anything for Black Widow. And I think a lot of what Hawkeye is going through is kind of that that suffering, that mourning of Black Widow. And it's kind of cool to see that they've actually dedicated a series to her in that way. So mm-hmm. now when you say dedicated to her, you mean just like it's dealing a lot with the aftermath of her passing? Yes, okay. especially with Hawkeye and how their relationship was and how much of an effect she had on him. Okay. Now, that obviously stars Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, but isn't there, like, a co-lead? Oh, uh, she is the lead, Haley Steinfeld. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, she is. She plays Kate Bishop. She is. So it's more about her. Yes, it follows yeah. it follows both of their, their timelines, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, she's almost like, I hate to say she's the audience's eyes into Hawkeye's story, because we've already, mm-hmm. we, we already know who Hawkeye is, but, like, she's definitely, like, if one of us was able to hang out with Hawkeye, that would be what Haley's time felt is, right? Mm-hmm. She's very much, I love her energy in the role because she's so, she fangirls pretty often. Yeah. And she, I mean, she's also incredibly capable herself. And I love the way they constantly do this thing where Jeremy Renner is like, okay, we got to stake out the place and we got to find our exit. And how are we going to get into the building? We can rappel up there. And then she's just called an Uber driver to like drop her off in the front <laughs> and walk straight in. And it's just like that, that difference yeah. of, uh, you know, hard-nosed spy who's been doing it for years and then the the bright, bushy-dyed yeah. kid who's capable and just like, why are we doing this? Let's walk in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, anything else? Streaming? Um, Not really. No. Towards the end of the year, I kind of like to take a break and try and read all the books I can before the end of the year. So I've been doing that as well. Okay, we've been reading. Uh, It's actually a book called How to Date Men When You Hate Men, which is a totally different different topic but awesome. yeah that's what i've been reading recently solid how do you date men when you hate men you know i haven't finished it yet so <laughs> stay, tuned. <laughs> stay tuned to be continued you don't, you just don't give that advice away on the yeah, forward exactly you know? exactly <laughs> so when i get there maybe on the next podcast we'll talk about it i run into that a lot with self-help books where like within the first chapter or two they basically have to be like this is what the book's about like mm-hmm. i was recently reading um atomic habits by james clear which is basically like, hey, if you make itty bitty like micro changes to your life, it'll have a lasting impact if you can maintain those tiny changes over time. And I'm like, dope, that sounds awesome, cool. And then just run out into the world like, I'm going to do that, but never actually finish the book. <laughs> yeah. I do that so often with, with self-help books like, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds great anyway, and just move on with my life. But yeah. constantly, I love self-help books. I, I don't even know if that's what that is, but I... Uh, Kind of get it's, the impression, sort of, from the yeah, title. Yeah, kind of self-help advice book. I mean, it's definitely sure. geared towards young, like, young 20 to, you know, mid-20s women, I would think. And I, she has some, the author has some um, advice for men as well, but it's it's pretty interesting, and it's very recent. I would I think it was published this past year or the year before. Solid, solid. Yeah. Well, Steve, what about you? What have you been streaming? 
Well, first, I just want to take this moment to say Andy's doing a great job hosting. He's he's very economical with our time. I mean, yeah. at this point in a normal podcast, we wouldn't have even hit the street across <laughs> extremes music. So I just tip my, tip my hat to you, sir. Holy well, shit. I'm usually one that kind of just like jumps in with dumb bullshit that sends us sending <laughs> shooting down like side streets. And eventually we work our way back to wherever the fuck we're supposed to be talking about. But I got to say, though, being the person that's kind of like taking the lead like Chris usually does and then you whenever chris isn't here it's kind of nerve-wracking man it i was is, right? shaking a little bit yeah. at first like oh my god like well, you're doing you guys really do well. this every time like yikes when well we, thank you i appreciate that when we did uh and when we did the patreon episode by the way you can become a patreon member if you go to streaming patreon.com slash streaming things uh when we did the patreon episode for spider-man shameless plug yeah no, 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 no big deal <laughs> no, shame. <laughs> no shame no shame uh and i was doing the 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 plot breakdown by the end of doing the plot breakdown for Spider-Man two, I was about to faint and I was, we were doing it over zoom and I was like, I can't breathe. And then there was, and then Spider-Man came and oh man, it was rough. I, so I feel you. I feel yeah, you. Yeah. I feel you. But you're doing great. And also uh, not only guys, not only is oh, Andy yeah. an amazing host and just an amazing person overall. He, this man as a tradition, when Chris is away, the mice will play. <laughs> Why is it mice? <laughs> Uh, we always drink. It's a cream in it type thing. Absolutely. Uh, so as always, we usually drink fireball cinnamon whiskey. Uh, we don't have that. Last time we had a bourbon con- controversy where I put Coke in my bourbon. You put Coke in Eagle Rare bourbon, yeah. which is <laughs> like, dude, that's such a hard bottle of fun. There's a reason it's on my top shelf over here yeah. because it's a really good bourbon. It's really hard to find. Dude, it was 11 o'clock in the morning and I was not ready for straight bourbon. <laughs> I'm sorry. But that is leading up to the point I wanted to make, which Andy here is an amazing mixologist and he created his awesome bevy mm-hmm. that we're here. Let's listen to well, that. Clink. Listen clink. to that. Cheers. Well, Andy, do you want to tell the, the listener what we're drinking here? Absolutely. So I am affectionately calling this hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? Uh, <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. Exactly. Mm. Um, th- that's a little nod to Christmas Vacation. Uh, best holiday movie ever. Moving on. Um, so we were trying to figure out what we could drink. And mostly I just have a big collection of bourbon here. And then some tequila. And Steve's just like, no on the tequila. <laughs> and yeah. probably the best call. But so the hallelujah, hallelujah, holy shit, where's the Tylenol consists of uh, apple pie moonshine. Yummy. Um, some ginger, alcoholic ginger beer. Yummy. Splash of lemon juice. Love splashes. Mm. Uh, what else did I put in this? Uh, simple syrup? So, oh, yeah. Some brown sugar, cinnamon, simple syrup, and some salted caramel, simple syrup. Ooh. And then just oh, some nice. ice. A little splash of water because it came out pretty sweet. And uh, mix it all up and down yes. the hatch. And some ice as well. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it, it turned out pretty good. A little sweet. So, but uh, so yeah. Cheers. Cheers to cheers you guys. Everybody. Happy holidays. Early, early cheers here. Chuck, chuck, chuck. <laughs> it's going to be that type of Christmas party. Um, so, what I have been streaming this week, it's funny that you mentioned that uh, you got Paramount Plus this week because. Mm-hmm. As did I. Oh, I came to an arrangement with uh, a other friend of the sh- of the pod, my best friend Phil. We're going to split a Paramount Plus subscription because he's been going down a deep, deep, deep dive of Star Trek, all the Star Trek series, and I've been honestly wanting to join him for a long time. So uh, I had, I finished uh, Lower Decks, the season two of Lower Decks. I think I mentioned that show. A couple the animated episodes. show. Yeah. Okay. Starring Tony Newsom and um, Ben Quaid. Is that his name? He was the guy in The Boys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jack, Jack Quaid. Quaid. Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. Yeah. Um, 
it's a really, really funny show, especially if you like love Star Trek. There's a ton of Easter eggs that you, that are that literally just brimming to the top. Uh, there's Easter eggs galore, and it's real funny. But a lot of the jokes, because I don't, I've never seen all of Trek. I've only seen. I'm most familiar with uh, TNG, the Next Generation. Uh, I've seen all of Enterprise, which is a weird like when I tell people like, oh, I've seen Enterprise and they're like, you haven't seen Voyager? Fucking weirdo. Okay. <laughs> All uh, of this is going so far over my head. I, you're like, Voyager sounds dope. I don't know. what. what? <laughs> but like, I've been wanting to kind of do this deep dive with him as well. Um, so I, I started rewatching The Next Generation and, you know, I've never actually seen that show from start to finish. That was a show that was like always on, like when I was growing up, it was always on like, remember UPN? No. Remember that TV show or TV channel? Uh, I, I, not off the top of my head, no. It was well, a lo- it was a local channel, kind of like WB64 and like... Mm. I remember that. Uh, UPN, it's not UPN anymore. It's been bought like I think two or three times since then. But I remember growing up and The Next Generation was on UPN. Okay. And I would just watch it when it was on. And like I was never a huge Star Trek fan. Like I would never tell somebody I'm a Trekkie because I was at that time in my life firmly planted in the Star Wars camp. Yeah. And there was that fake rivalry and everyone would be like, you a Trekkie or a Star Wars fan? I'm like, wars, bro. <laughs> and, but secretly I would go home and be like, make it so. <laughs> Engage. Um, so, but it, so it's interesting because the, these would be shows that would just come out on syndication and they're pretty kind of self-contained episodes for the most part. And so it's fun going back and like, what was the first next generation episode? Like, wow, I've never seen this. It's just weird. I've never seen uh, Jonathan Frakes without a beard. And he, he, the first couple seasons, he doesn't have a beard. So it's weird kind of sitting there and watching him and um, something's missing. Something's missing. Why? Who is this baby face man? <laughs> this, this man of men. Uh, so yeah. So I've been watching the next generation. I've been watching lower decks and that's, that's basically it. However, I do want to plug. I have started replaying um, The Last of Us Part Two again, uh, which is on the PlayStation Four. You can also play it on PlayStation Five. And again, I, I I don't like bringing up video games that often on the show, but I will always bring up video games that are such great narratives and are almost more, you know, TV or film than they are video games. And Last of Us is definitely one of those. It's a it's a great movie. I spoke at great length about it last year. It was in my top three of my t- of favorite things that came out in last year. Last of Us part two. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I think they should teach that video game in school the way they in teach narrative books. classes. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it was absolutely phenomenal. I love that game. The gameplay itself is just so cinematic. Never mind the fact that like it's an amazing narrative mm-hmm. and it is. Um, now debates abound on the internet, whether there was some like disservice to characters, certain people being killed off in surprising ways, whether people were misled by what the game was ultimately going to be, uh, with the advertising of the game, mm-hmm. all those dudes are full of shit. That game <laughs> They're all wrong. rocked. Those everybody who complains about this game are neckbeards who just don't like women. I'm sorry. Like that's <laughs> when you boil it fucking down. That's all it is. Cause they're like, Oh, she has man arms. And it's like. Dude, come on. Steve, how do you date women when you hate women? (laughs) (laughs) Those guys would like to know. (laughs) Incels. They tell them that they hate The Last of Us. Yeah. 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 It's it's an amazing game. And I think in the, you know, political environment that our society finds herself in, I think it also is a very important game because it's very much about understanding, you know, people aren't just the monsters you paint them out to be. Mm Mm-hmm. 
there is a story behind why people they are they are the way they are. And if you go to you know make the effort to understand someone, you'll find out you're not that quite different. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a beautiful narrative. And I know that's not like a super groundbreaking narrative. Uh, hot take message that's not like a yeah that's not a hot take or anything but like the way it's told is so beautiful and amazing and i and if you don't even if you don't have a a, a video game console and you don't have time to play video games just fucking I, someone's got an edit on youtube of the whole oh for sure if yeah you love the whole Walk thing most of the movie yeah and if you and, it, and just binge it like you would a tv show and i i guarantee you'll get a lot out of it it's great and they're making it into a tv show now uh on yeah, hbo mm-hmm. with uh pedro pascal as joel and uh Oh no! What's the girl? Uh, Liana something from uh, yeah, Game she, of Thrones. The, the little bear. You answered the Liana call. Mormont. Liana Mormont. There yeah. it is. Wait, wh- does she say you answered? You the call? answered the call. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't answer the call. Well, she's or she's berating the them. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Anyway, yeah. so it, it, it looks just, awesome. I can't. Did you wait. see there was a someone post on Twitter? I guess they were shooting that show near someone's apartment. Oh, I did see this. And they're filming out their window right as Pedro Pascal like walks by on his horse and Pedro looks into the window and just kind of gives him the finger gun. <laughs> so it's so he's dressed up as Joel. Oh, it's so it's funny. funny. Okay, I That's can die awesome. now. <laughs> yeah. I never played that game and it's because I'm a very jump scare person, so I I can't I can't play those types of video games, but It's intense. Yes, it yeah. There's a sequence in that that's one of the scarier moments in gaming for me. The uh, Rat King, I think it's called. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that sequence in that game is pretty fucking terrifying. But um, yeah. they also, uh, Naughty Dog, the developers of the game, win, more, win awards all the time for, like, assess- accessibility features. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the easy mode on this is very, very easy. And so if you are uh, inclined to stay away from horror type games because mm-hmm. of jump scares i mean the jump scares aren't going to go away obviously right like, it's just a speaking, little bit more but when you don't have to be afraid when a zombie comes around you're like i'm even if you he gets to me he's not going to kill me then right. it, it, it kind of takes that part away yeah. and lets you enjoy the story yeah so i'd encourage you to do that because those games are awesome they mm-hmm. are but andy what have you been streaming? So I've been streaming quite a few things. Uh, when we initially were planning to do this episode, we were going to do um, favorite holiday movies. And I was like, well, I mean, honestly, I tend to stay away from hol- holiday movies in general just because I don't know. They're not really my jam. Same. Same. There's like, like, I don't like Christmas music, you know, like my my Christmas entertainment. I, I tend to just sort of avo- well, holiday entertainment in general. I tend to avoid that kind of shit. Just because it feels too niche in a way. There's only one appropriate holiday song that you're allowed to play around me. And that is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. It's the only song you're allowed to play. The only one. It's the only one. Get that Frosty the Snowman bullshit out of here. (laughs) I want my Mariah Carey. Every (laughs) year she makes millions of dollars off that song and it kills me. Well, she's got a special on Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. based solely around that just song. her singing that song for yeah. an hour and a half it's just like hi i'm mariah carey and i'm here to sing christmas songs but it's mine <laughs> <laughs> pay me um so anyway i uh decided to watch a uh 1998 holiday film that i have heard wonderful things about but had never gotten around to uh starring michael keaton mark addy and uh kelly preston mark addy mark addy jack frost have you guys seen this movie <laughs> mark addy's in jack mark, frost yeah mark addy's in it too a very young mark addy i was like bow your shit, bow your shit. <laughs> the second he walked on screen I was like, yes michael keaton died and not seven kingdoms could fill the hole we left behind <laughs> i actually don't know I, i'm gonna look it up so jack frost is stars uh michael keaton as the titular jack frost he is a uh, aspiring musician 
who is struggling to juggle uh, uh, his (laughs) ascent to stardom with his (laughs) home life. And uh, due to uh, plot, he uh, passes away unexpectedly, uh, very much in like kind of a misery style, like, oh, I'm driving in the snow and I really shouldn't be. Oh, no. Oh, no. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. (laughs) Um, But so he passes away. And uh, prior to doing so, he gives his son a what he called a magical harmonica. And he says, anytime you play this harmonica, I will be able to hear it. And the kid, all sad. A year later, it's Christmas time. He's on his holiday break and he's all sad because dad's gone now. And he plays his little harmonica and the snowman outside comes to life. And it's voiced by Jack Keaton. And things happen they the the (laughs) kid is dealing with it's everything that you can expect in a fucking holiday movie it's like oh i'm dealing with the bully but he doesn't have his dad either and so we actually are kind of get along in the end and um i'm struggling with my relationship with my mom because dad's gone and how does a mom fill the shoes uh that dad all the role that dad ultimately what had in my life and uh there's just shenanigans there's a snowboarding sequence that goes for way too long they have to have been (laughs) on top of mount everest in order to film this sequence because they snowboard forever down this hill and they're like yeah that was dope and when you strap a a puppet snowman to a snowboard you you get your money's worth Mm -hmm. on that (laughs) exactly um and a lot of it was actually practically done i think that uh jim the jim henson company uh had a big part in uh the animatronic snowman that they users obviously some pretty poor 1998 cgi going on with it uh but for the most part it is like a physical thing that the characters are interacting with and uh the movie benefits from that um now it is goofy 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 very much a kid's movie there's one line i laughed out loud i was watching this movie with my girlfriend i was she was like this is going to be a tearjerker and she's right i actually did tear up a couple of times but there's just some bad writing uh there's one sequence where uh the kid uh is dealing with that bully and he's trying to get his help because snowman may or may not be melting because of unseasonably hot weather and he's like oh come on you know what it's like your dad's dead too and i'm like oh my god somebody wrote that (laughs) yikes But <laughs> hey, man, that's real life. Yeah. So, and Mark Addy, he plays. Uh, <laughs> that's how kids talk. <laughs> he plays uh, keyboardist in the Jack Frost band. And dude, oh my god, he you're shreds. Just, you're just making. This, I've never, I've never had any desire to see Jack Frost. <laughs> But just knowing that Mark Addy is in Jack Frost <laughs> and he's a keyboardist. He's a keyboardist, man. Oh, my, oh my he's God. He's tickling them ivories, oh, bro. Yes. It's so, dude, he's awesome in it, too. And just straight, like, they never acknowledge it. It's just like, yeah, I'm the British friend. Like, he d- d- doesn't <laughs> yeah. have, like, he doesn't try to Americanize it, it at all. I was going to ask if, if it was just Mark Addy being himself or is, is he doing an accent. It's Mark Addy with an earring is who he's playing. Dude, dude, stop <laughs> drilling. You have struck oil. I'm going to fucking rent this movie tonight. I think it's on HBO, if I, if I saw correctly. So, oh. oh, you know what? I didn't do my homework, and now I'm struggling. But yes, it is streamable on one of the many, many, many streaming I, networks. I believe out there. it's HBO because I just okay. looked it up. And I am totally not buying time right now while Steve looks it up. All I know is that it is 100% available on what Madison said. HBO. HBO Max. Awesome. HBO Nailed Max. It. So uh, moving away from HBO Max, uh, next thing that I watched uh, on the Paramount Plus. Uh, so recently, you guys would have seen in the news that Paramount Plus or just Paramount in general bought the South Park guys. They're like, hey, $900 million, we own you. And they're like, dope, okay. And they're doing like 17 movies for them or something. 
uh, shitloads. Trey Parker is that in down. conjunction with their normal seasons? Yes, they're so they're still working with Comedy Central and still doing uh, new South Park all Does the Paramount time. Own Comedy Central? I think so. Okay, I don't know, but I think. I anyway. think you're right because Comedy Central is on Paramount. That's like a channel. Is it? It's because okay. there's like uh, I think uh, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and like three others. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, it's here, there, and everywhere because they own those guys and they're billionaires. Now, everywhere, and everything, up. all at once. Exactly, dude. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> I love the Daniels. Um, but yeah, uh, so. Paramount owns Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Now they're billionaires. Dope. Good for them. Fucking fart jokes and cartoons. Now they're billionaires. But so <laughs> the first of the many, many, many uh, things that they're going to make for Paramount Plus was the uh, South Park post-COVID special that just came out. And it so is, we can, that's going to come out in like five years when we're actually post-COVID. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this takes place in a uh, fictional universe or fictional future within the South Park world where COVID is still going on 40 years later. And <laughs> it is the kids all grown up. Like we start with Stan and he's arguing with what you think is, is his wife. And it ultimately is like Amazon Alexa just like projected around him. And it's like, <laughs> it's like. Alexa, turn off the TV. And she like walks in and grabs the remote. She said, fuck you. And turns off the TV. <laughs> anyway, I can tell you about your prime membership. Would you like to hear more? It's like, no, not right now. Oh, fuck me then. <laughs> and then Lazy, it's fucking hysterical. So basically this takes place in uh, the South Park world. All the kids have moved away. Uh, COVID has ruined the world. And um, everybody has to come back to town because Kenny died as always. <laughs> and so Kenny is now a millionaire philanthropist uh, scientist who was trying to oh, research. Oh, good. I'm glad Kenny found Fred. some money. I'm, I'm glad he found that sweet, that sweet, sweet pie. It's funny, dude. Uh, there's like a news, uh, a news segment when they're talking about the death of Kenneth McCormick, PhD. <laughs> and they're like, he was so smart and he uh, talked all the time about all these science things. It often seemed like nobody really understood what he was saying. And which is, you know, if you know South Park, he pretty much just talks <laughs> and that's just what uh, so That's anyway, awesome. uh, Kenny has passed away. He was trying to uh, find the origins of the coronavirus and build a time machine to try to go back in time in order to prevent the coronavirus from ever happening. And so there's like this sort of mystery involved where all the kids get back together as adults. Um, we have uh, Stan and Kyle have like an estranged friendship. They basically COVID, COVID ruined the friendship between all the groups of friends. I don't want to spoil Cartman, but it's fucking hysterical when Cartman comes back into the mix. Okay. And there's a, a outbreak of COVID within the town while they are uh, all there for Kenny's funeral. And so and is this like the Unicron variant? Yeah, well, no, this is the, uh, what did they call it? It is the... The theta? Uh, no, it's like the uh, subscribers ultimate plus edition COVID variant. <laughs> so everything in town is either like plus or max. It's like South Park Elementary plus and like Tom's rhinoplasty max. Like every everything is plus or max. And obviously That's the irony genius. of this being on Paramount Plus is not lost on them. But... Um, yeah, so it, it's just like you see all the kids as adults and then some of the uh, adults are still around. Some have passed away, but you see like um, this retirement center with uh, uh, there's like a group session and the therapist is talking. She's like, does anybody want to tell us about what's going on in their life? And like Mr. Garrison pops up, old oh, decrepit no. man. He's like, I'd like to get in your life. And, <laughs> and there's like a super old uh, Mr. Mackey, like, <laughs> okay. like, dude, it's 
fucking hysterical. These dudes don't miss. South Park is never not funny, and they are so topical all the time, and they just knock it out of the park every fucking time. Um, What's so, it like to be that that creative? You know, and That's dude, Trey know. Parker writes all of it. Like Matt is there and like has ideas, I'm sure, but it's literally always him. If you ever watched that uh, Six Days Six to Air, yeah. and it's like he's just like eating McDonald's cheeseburgers and writing, tapping away on his little laptop. Mm. And he's just like, all right, I did it every week. Crazy shit, man. Jeez. But so uh, part one just came out. It's a two-parter special. Um, I believe part two actually dropped uh, like two days ago. So I have not yet had a chance to do that, but that's also going to be on the Paramount Plus. Hit it up. Yep. So I will uh, check back in when I've had an opportunity to uh, watch that. So now next, um, I mentioned before that I, for some reason, am watching the Harry Potter movies backwards. I don't know why, but I did. Madison, what are your thoughts on that? Please explain. So I just, (laughs) one day, so I love the Harry Potter books and movies. That's my Harry Potter shelf over there. I have them all. I have it in French. I I love it. I just love Harry Potter. Fancy. Anyway, one day I had a wild hair at my ass and I was like, you know what? I haven't watched Deathly Hollows part one in a long time. And I really like that movie. Um, There's that little dance sequence between Harry and Hermione with the Nick Cave song. Super good stuff. Mm -hmm. So I watched it and I was like, well, do you ship Harry and Hermione? I, I do. I do. I feel like just shoehorning Ginny in there at the end was just like, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so I watched Deathly Hollows part one. I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and watch part two. And I watched it and I was like, that was fun. I really like the Half-Flood Prince. I should probably watch that next. And I did. And then I just watched them all backwards. I just kept going. So I watched the series get progressively lighter. And I think the last time they brought this up on the podcast, I had made it up to, I had just watched the Goblet of Fire. Fire, yeah. Um, mm. Well, I've now watched the other. Did you put your name as a Goblet of Fire? Dude, it's so good. So funny. Was um, that the first movie that Dumbledore was recast? Michael Gambon. No, no, that, it was, that it was, was Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's just the movie that people always point to like, Michael Gambon was miscast because look how spry he is. And, oh no! Yeah, I, I, I never, I never had a leg in that fight, but I just uh, know people point to that scene specifically, like, "Oh, Dumbledore's old as shit. He wouldn't do that." No, Dumbledore. Yeah, I mean, he's like 150 or something in the Harry Potter. Lore. Yeah, yeah, he's old. That's it, the, it doesn't that's matter. A, that's the new 120. So he fucking killed it, especially in um, the uh, Half Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Gambon absolutely crushes it as Dumbledore. He was perfectly cast. What was the original Dumbledore's? Uh, Richard, Richard Harris. Harris. Richard Harris. Yeah. Uh, That's but, the one who whisper talked, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hello, Harry Potter. He was very dainty. He clapped on top of his hand. Mm. <laughs> that's, Super dainty. That's how I clap. <laughs> oh, okay. So you I went back me through sporting games. Mm. I watched all of the points. <laughs> <laughs> he did the thing. Ten, ten points to Gryffindor. Um, so I watched Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, directed by Alfonso Cuaron and then, um, Chamber of Secrets, Secrets, and, um, the Sorcerer's Stone with Seabus. Yes. Um, and they were wonderful. And then I was like, you know what? I haven't had enough Harry Potter in my life yet. So then I watched the Fantastic Beasts movies, Mm -hmm. uh, directed by David Yates, written by, uh, J.K. Rowling, or also nowadays, uh, She Who Shall Not Be Named. She Who Shall Not Be Named. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, um, never What's mind. What's that term? Turf? Turf. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Dude. So, um, 
a trailer for the third Fantastic Beast movies yeah. just dropped. The How would you think about that? It looks awesome. I love Mads Mikkelsen. I like the design of his character. I yeah. thought that Johnny Depp was wonderful as Grindelwald, but I thought his character design was pretty lame. Yeah. Um, he's all pale and blonde and like he has uh, heterochromia, like two discolored eyes. But the way they did it, it's like, that's a contact. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so, mm, that's fake. Mads Mikkelsen looks more like a normal person in yeah. this. And he's a wonderful actor, so I'm sure it's going to yeah, be great. Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Um, Madison, did you see the new trailer? I did. you're a pretty big Harry Potter fan as well. I am. I am. I mean, Fantastic Beasts kind of, I mean, it's not off my radar, but I'm not as into it as I am, say, you know, they're coming the out with the Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I did see it and I saw, and I haven't seen uh, the second one is Crimes of Grindelwald, mm-hmm. correct? I haven't seen, I only watched it once and I haven't really revisited it because I think I was, I was slightly disappointed in it, but I can tell from the third trailer that they're going to, they're going to pull a rise of Skywalker and they're not going to address a couple of things. Cause I feel like a lot of the characters in the Crimes of Grindelwald are not mentioned Really? Yeah, that's interesting because I've I've seen Crimes of Grindelwald once, but I remember, I, like, it looks like they dropped at least one of the sisters, right? Yeah, well, and Zoe Kravitz, I think, was in it, too, and she was not, I didn't see her at all in the... Yeah. Well, so, spoilers, uh, right? She's it's, it's, not, there's a reason she's not in three. She, uh, her arc is finished in oh. two, for sure. Yeah, yeah she was I, like, I'm not getting paid for this, I'm going home. Well, right. I... It's been a while since I've seen it. Mm -hmm. So again, but I mean, it looks good. I really like the recasting. I like Johnny Depp. I think he's a really great actor. Um, And aside from all of the things that were, that are happening to him in Hollywood with the whole Amber Heard situation and that, but I think honestly, I think having him in the series was a little strange anyway, just because I think he's such a character Mm -hmm. and everybody else in the, in the movie is a little not as it doesn't dramatic. feel as lived yeah. in to have Johnny Depp in there. It, feel, yeah. it feels like a Johnny Depp movie. Yeah. You know, as opposed to a Harry Potter movie, right. which is weird because this is like the third actor to play some sort of facade for Grindelwald because Colin Farrell was. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he, I mean, he, he played was a, uh, Mr. Grindelwald in yeah. the first one. Yeah. Is Grindelwald pretending to be that guy? Mm hmm. And but yeah, it's interesting that yeah, just he has like, a different face every movie apparently. Yeah, yeah. but whatever you know, it, it's uh, hopefully they don't try to make it like a oh he, that wasn't actually what he looked like either, and this is what he really looks like. Just yeah, just move on. This is just all I want. On. This is all I yeah. want in this movie. But all I want, right? I want Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> and I want Jude Law to just fuck. <laughs> I want to see it to just. The, these go are, to town these are handsome men and we know and I don't want them to pull this like hey we all know Dumbledore's gay but we're not going to say it because kids but I just want to I want it because l- you look at Jude Law in those movies he's got those, those beautiful suits and that beautiful beard and you got Mads Mikkelsen and he's got that beautiful suit and mm-hmm. that beautiful can- comb over just let them fuck yes amen <laughs> i want it I, I want their relationship to be explicit i i, yeah. I, I not explicit and you know like parental an, yes yeah but i mean i want them to say yes they are gay as fuck they're gay for each other i want it well, um i want I think, it i was gonna say i think too like you know we've we've seen these characters in the future and i think it's you know it's cool i want to get this character before you know, I just want to revisit this character and know what they were like when they were this age. So I, I'm hoping that they use this opportunity to really expand on that, especially when there was so much controversy about those two characters, even before F- Fantastic Beasts came out. So 
I'm I'm excited to see what what is it called again? Secrets of Dumbledore. Secrets of Dumbledore and but I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be super disappointed if it's a dud of a movie, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. So so I did go back and rewatch Fantastic Beasts 1 and mm-hmm. uh, Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindelwald. I was super disappointed with the original Fantastic Beasts when it came out. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to it, I was really hoping that I was wrong. And just like at the, that, I thought that maybe it was just a not what I wanted at the time thing. Uh, but going back to it, it's just not a very good movie. Um, it is tonally all over the place. It tries to be whimsical. It tries really hard to shoe in like, yeah, there's a bunch of fantastic beasts while also telling the story of the obscurial in 1920s, New York and, uh, the investigation that may or may not, uh, uh, reveal the magical community to, um, human, Mm -hmm. the muggle population or nomads as they call them in New York. Um, but it's just not a very good movie. Um, and then I watched, um, Crimes of Grindelwald after that. And I actually like that one a lot. Um, it feels more like a uh, a movie with stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the first one felt a lot like, uh, hey, we have a lot of terminology that we need to throw your way. By the way, obscurials are a thing. And um, uh, yeah, they're called nomads. Oh, well, I call them muggles. Oh, isn't that funny? And, mm-hmm. you know, it just felt too much like world building and not enough like whatever. Just call them muggles and let's yeah. get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um but Crimes of Grindelwald like felt like it had stakes. It felt like um, like this really interesting sort of subtle propaganda that Grindelwald was kind of pushing out into the community. And he was very much like a pu- puppet master. He He's not like the ultimate dark wizard like Voldemort where he's all powerful, but he is more uh, in tune with the political side of things. And that's a lot of fun to watch. And I had a lot right. of fun with it. Um, Secrets for Dumbledore, I'm really excited about just because I, I love... Harry Potter stuff. And so um, the more Jude Law as Dumbledore I get to see, the better. Like like mm. Steve, I do want to see them gay. Anyway. Uh, I, I also want to see where that transitionary period was between Dumbledore thinking like in the 40s, like, man, I'm looking good in these three pretty suits. And then in the 90s going, you know what? Fuck it. Pajamas. Robes. Robes or robes or bust. Robes and a silly hat. I, I ain't getting in that three piece suit. I don't have the, the long, body. the long hair, the long beard. <laughs> I think for the movie's sake, uh, one of the best things that they ever did was in the third one when they were like, "Fuck the robes for everything." They yeah. wear clothes, yeah. and so like, there's a lot more just like natural character feeling as opposed to everybody looks the same. Anyway, so I watched, I finished my backwards Harry Potter rewatch, and then I watched the prequels, the Fantastic Beast movies. But I wasn't done with harry potter you guys what remember what? libby do you remember me telling you about yeah, libby? you libby, aren't here the library so libby is a uh app that you can <laughs> sorry that's libby yeah, yeah. the library, the library. Yeah. yeah so libby libby is an app that you can get on your phone where you can connect your library card and you can rent digital books and audiobooks for free Ooh. um so i have been renting the harry potter audiobooks and listening to them i am currently on the third book and I am having so much fun. You're I'm, a well-learned person. I know I these. <laughs> I know these movies like the back of my hand, and the books like the back of my hand. But I still love them, and I still go back to them. So I've just been, whenever I'm doing chores or have a lot of running around to do, I put in my headphones. I turn on the noise canceling, so I don't have to deal with the people around me, and I just fall into the world, the wizarding world, and I have a blast with it. Total. I love so that. I am on my way through. I'm about halfway through the third book. And I'm waiting on my uh, hold for um, the fourth book, Goblet of Fire, to come through. 
Uh, generally, so the way it works is they have like so many digital licenses and people get in line to borrow them. And so depending on if the book just came out and how many digital licenses they have, NFTs, if you will, um, they, uh, you might have to wait a couple of weeks to get to listen to them. So, uh, generally like two to four weeks. And so like when I started three, then I put on hold for four. And by the time I'm done with three, probably the fourth one will be ready for me. Sweet. So, or, been, you know, you can just have Steve come over and just sit in the corner with your book and just yeah, I, read it out I loud. Read it I would pay money for that. <laughs> I would do voices, cold, hard <laughs> cash. Oh man. You can't, I, you, the world's not ready for my Cho Chang impression. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, Ari. 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 Harry Potter. Real quick before we move on from Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, so the trailer came out. I saw it on YouTube. I expected it at Spider-Man. Mm. Did not air, but I had a plan. Because if you remember, the end of that trailer has uh, Dumbledore going, you know, good job. Three points for Hufflepuff. Nice. As a puff myself, mm. I had a plan for when that line delivery happened in the theater. I would just go, ha yeah. <laughs> That's that was your plan. Yeah. Just just like to be like, yeah, finally get some respect on the Hufflepuff name, baby. There are dozens of us. I love that it's three points. Like <laughs> never in the history three. of Harry Potter has it been three points. Three. Yeah. It's always five or more. Three. I'm that just speaks That's what you this, get, Hufflepuff. The systematic prejudice against Hufflepuff. <laughs> We're There's no way Slytherins, those terrorists, are like getting more points than us good hearted puffs. We're an oppressed group, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so um high five me. High five me. Boom. There we go. Oh, uh, what I started to say before and I completely forgot about is that the day that that trailer dropped, WP has to be so pissed because that day JK Rowling just for some reason decided to quadruple down again on her turfness and posted some anti trans thing on Twitter. <laughs> What does she have against trans people? Um, It's less about against trans and more thinking that uh, trans rights go against women's rights. Ultimately, I think is the stance that she has on it. I don't want to get into it. Um, I don't agree with her. And pretty much everybody else that is affiliated with Harry Potter in any way does not agree with her. But that's why her name's not on that trailer at all. But she's a billionaire and she Mm -hmm. did write Harry Potter. And I just try to separate the art and the artist and just like the books. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so that's everything that I've been streaming. So we should probably get into, wait, Steve, before we do that, point at me. I'm pointing at you, <laughs> sir, sir. <laughs> before we move on, I just, I know some people might have been tuning in, really, really looking forward to our holiday picks. So in light of us kind of dropping it, I didn't want to leave those people with absolutely nothing. So we're just going to go around the, the room real quick and just say what our favorite holiday movie is. Andy, you kind of, you said. I already said Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. Far. It's that time. Christmas time is here. You guys know what I'm talking about. Keep, I'm going to pretend no so you keep going. I don't know the words. Oh, you lost the words. <laughs> here we come. You came in so hot. Always on the run. Hip, hip, hooray for Christmas Vacation. And then you got to do jingling-a-ling. jingling Let's all take the halls and light the lights. jingling Got This is beautiful. I love it. I think this might be the drink starting to set in. I know. Madison. There's a lot of alcohol in this beverage. There's so much, but you can't taste it, and that's what makes it yummy. Madison, what's your favorite? So my favorite, at least in tradition to a movie I watched every Christmas, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, always a tearjerker would watch it with my mom Christmas Eve. Um, and then something I like to adapt it as a continuation of a Christmas 
tradition is Little Women, even though the Greta Gerwig version is not classified as a Christmas movie, but the opening scene is during Christmas and it just is a very feel good movie, sort of. I mean, even though Beth dies, but like, it's still a good spoilers movie. Spoilers for Little yeah, Women. Yeah, spoilers for Little Women. Uh, <laughs> if you Louise May Alcott, is that who wrote that? I, you, you, I don't know. Oh, I might have just threw myself under the bus. Oh, you man. might. You claim to know <laughs> Little Women. I, <laughs> actually, I don't know. That sounds right. That that's that movie is such a blind spot for me because I wanted to see it so bad when it came out a couple years yes. ago and just for oh, you're right nailed it my man vibes all over that uh, so I and and just you classifying it as a Christmas movie just gives me that little push I need to, as an excuse to watch it over mm-hmm. break so I'm excited to see it see it well it just it just has such you know the whole sisters you know and it's Christmas time it's just it's a feel good movie and I I love all the the actors in it and. Yeah, I just I love watching it. So Little Women, It's a Wonderful Life. Those are my my two things. I've actually never seen It's a Wonderful Life. That's one of my blind spots. Wow, oh. because that's my favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Dang. Uh, okay. Even though like Paint a lot of a picture. lot of people will say like that's not a Christmas movie, but it's like yeah, it is. Come on, I don't even know what it's about. I just I remember the cover and that's it. So it's pretty much it follows the story of a man named George Bailey, and it shows how life just kicks him in the dick his whole life, and he never gets to achieve his dreams because he gives so much back to his community. He feels really upset about this, mm-hmm. and he's visited by a spirit that shows him essentially what the town would be like if he didn't exist, and it's it's kind of like a. It's Christmas similar story. to a Christmas story, but it, not quite as much. But the, the 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 ending of the movie, the final scene, is one of the most like feel good, tears in your eyes um, scenes of all time. And um, to me, a lot of the reason why I don't get into a lot of Christmas movies is so many of them feel so commercialized to me, and they yeah. they seem to just be putting on the the airs of what Christmas is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it just feels hollow and not real. And because it, it, there's so much commercialization. To yeah. it. And that's inherent in Hollywood. It's hard to get past. Well, when you take the context of It's a Wonderful Life, it's a I mean, it's a dark film when you yeah. think about it, because it's, you know, you're not existing and your friends and family forget about you. And, you know, you see this man. There's go an attempted through, suicide. Yeah, yeah. You see this man go through such horror. And then, you know, by the end, you know, you you tear jerk to this audience for so long. And then, you know, the ending is such a heartfelt, genuine reaction. It's, it's just, it's one of those movies that you, you sit, you watch and you're like, wow, like it's almost, even though it's 50 plus years old, it's still, it's still, yeah. Hits hits the mark. Okay, and I mean it's okay. definitely of its time, and it's got Jimmy Stewart in it. So of course it's got. Well, you want the moon? I'll get. I'll get you the moon. The moon. I'll just bring a lasso around it, and you know, it's, Why it's, was it's that, that so good. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's. I mean, it's people Steve make fun of that. the Jimmy Stewart impression. Yeah. Well, well, I just have a good Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but it's it's really really cute and sweet, and like I said, the last. I don't know what 10 minutes 15 minutes of that movie is just like oh I feel so good sobbing yeah it's great Mm. Uh, so it's a wonderful life that is our favorite holiday films thank you guys for you know being understanding that we're just threw all that topic out the fucking window for Marvel (sighs) Spider-Man baby (laughs) let's fucking go let's do it be careful what you wish for Parker Hello, Peter. 
And so that is from the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home, which IMDb describes thusly. With Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. That's a lot. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And that is actually a pretty good little synopsis that doesn't spoil much. And yeah. we're not going to either. This is our spoiler-free segment for Spider-Man No Way Home. Madison, what did you think? I just I, felt like I embodied Chris there with the way I was talking. Sorry, <laughs> I, I was feeling myself. I saw him. I, I saw him like he, he a ghostly figure of him appeared behind you and just put his hands on your yeah. shoulders. <laughs> just <laughs> patting me and give me a thumbs yeah. up. Anyway, so what'd you think? I, I thought it was awesome. Um, I felt from beginning to end, it had a consistent pace of engagement. Um, just the, the characters themselves interacting with each other. I felt like they gave MJ a very more prominent personality character than the previous two films, which really brings her and Peter's relationship come to life. Um, it's just overall really good movie. Awesome. Steve. I thought this was absolutely 100% amazing. Was no it pun intended. Amazing, amazing Spider-Man? Was it Ultimate Spider-Man? I would go so far to say it was Superior Spider-Man. Oh, shit. Super wow. deep nerd cut. Um, no, uh, I, I, we, we, I went and saw this uh, on Thursday night, and when we left the theater, I think I texted Andy. Or Andy, actually, you called me, and you were mm-hmm. like, what did you think? And I said... This may be recency bias, but I think this is my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. This movie rocks. Or as the kids say, licks tits. This movie's great. (laughs) As the kids say, sheesh. I I pointed out my arm. I know what's up. He's hip. He's hip. All right. All right. No, I can't say enough good things about uh, Marvel. So going into this movie, I was really, really worried. You know, there's all these different... You know, you're 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 going to the third movie of a, of a Spider-Man trilogy as of now. Um, there's all these different characters that they're bringing in. And again, if you haven't seen the trailers, that's what I'm referencing. Um, and, and, and similar to how like when we were heading into Endgame, I was like, how are they going to land this ship? How are they going to land this plane? There's so many elements here. Mm-hmm. Well, how are they going to juggle all this and make a cohesive story? And how are they going to land this metaphor? How they? <laughs> <laughs> how are they going to do it? Um, and, you know, I don't know why I just keep raising my eyebrow and doubting Marvel because at every turn they always just prove me wrong and just mm-hmm. say like hey we know what we're doing they 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 just crush this landing and it's 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 a miracle that they do this every time but um and yeah. then and this movie is just great it's spider-man at his most spider-man in the holland trilogy at least and uh, as someone who's been a huge fan of the movies forever i, I appreciate that um but andy what did you think i thought that it was hot garbage if hot garbage is the best thing ever, um, this bar none by far. I don't know why I went in with that. I'm sorry. If you were also the grouch, you would love hot garbage. Um, this is easily the best live action Spider-Man movie ever made. Um, right now, I'm not sure if it surpasses uh, Into the Spider-Verse for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, again, recency bias is very much a thing. And so I'm struggling to like, I need to 
take a step back, rewatch both of them and find out. But holy fuck, man, this was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, and people are going insane on the internet. Like it's, uh, we were joking before we start recording this, that when we're trying to talk about whether or not this is a, what, how much we can say in a spoiler free review, it's not much. Cause the whole movie is spoilers. And on the internet, uh, there was some like tweet that, uh, some film reviewer posted and they said, look, it's really hard to talk about this movie without spoiling it. I'll just say it has everything that you want. It's amazing. And the yeah. internet lost his goddamn mind. Like everything that's a fucking spoiler. It's like, come, well, come on, man. Like, yeah. no, it's not like, Everything that you want could mean anything. I wanted, I want Dumbledore and fucking Grindelwald to fuck on screen. And they do that in this movie. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> if fucking uh, Owen Gleiberman from Variety says that uh, Secrets of Dumbledore has everything I want, I'm not going to be like, they fuck. You know, like, whatever. Um, so this proves it. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, but yeah, uh, No Way Home, it was so campy. It was heartfelt i cried four times during this yeah movie. oh man four. i can't wait to hear the four. Oh my god dude uh, they might surprise you mm. um but i thought that everybody crushed it they were doing their absolute best work for literally every single one of them the only exception being maybe ned but even he was pretty awesome i just oh there really were, there was mm. less of the fun bro ship camaraderie uh that we've had between ned and peter mm -hmm. in the previous two movies uh Ned very much spends most of his time with MJ and the dynamic between those two has been pretty non-existent up to this point. So I didn't think that they did as much with Ned as they otherwise could have. I also kind of have issues with the way they use Dr. Strange in this. Um, mm. I, I think that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch did everything he could with what he was given, but he wasn't given much. He basically, they're trying to shoehorn him into the new mentor role for Peter in a MCU world where we no longer have Iron Man. Um, and they did not give him a lot to work with. Basically the only like kind of fun joke we got between them was essentially call me, sir, call me Steven, uh, call me Mr. Strange. And like, uh, they, they keep bringing that back and it didn't land the first time or the second or third. And, um, essentially the most that we got from him was like a fun action sequence for sure when we have like the mirror dimension, that fight was super dope. But, and as far as like any kind of development of the bond between them, we didn't get a ton of that. The uh, climax notwithstanding, but we'll get there. Um, ultimately though, I have to say that this is easily the best live action Spider-Man. I'm almost positive it's my favorite MCU movie ever. Uh, like shit's all over Endgame or Infinity War, or any one of them. Um, but I also Ooh. haven't seen them all because I have superhero fatigue. But of the ones that I've seen, yeah, this this tops them all. This movie fucking rocks. Um, like Dumbledore and Grindelwald, this movie fucks. This movie <laughs> fucks. So, we go into spoilers? with all that said, let's jump into spoilers. You are entering spoiler territory. You're bullshit. Guys, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, fuck. I know. <laughs> what? No, uh, so obviously the massive spoiler that uh, we have to jump into right off the bat, and then we can go into like favorite well, here, moments and I stuff. I want to say something that will, I think, lead into what you're going to say. Okay, go ahead. The, the thing that impresses me the most about this movie is that this movie is able to take uh, almost 20 years yeah. 
of Spider-Man movies and pull all of the positive things out of the previous Spider-Man movies and completely even redeem some of the negative Mm -hmm. things in these Spider-Man movies Mm -hmm. and elevate them to even greater standards in this movie. So you have the best of everything. You've made the worst even better and good. Um, There is an amazing glow up in this movie that is incredible. Uh, and, 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 And I think this leads into what your point was, Andy. Well, Steve... Tell me, when you say it pulls from 20 years of Spider-Man movies, the Spooderman, mm-hmm. if you will, it, what it, are we talking about? It literally pulls Spider-Men. What kind of Spider-Men are we talking about? We're talking about a Tobey Maguire. Oh, shit, he's in the movie. We're talking about that butt-fucking-liar, Andrew Garfield. No, oh, shit, <laughs> No, Andrew Garfield, the, the original Spider-Man are in this movie. butt-fucking-liar, Andrew Garfield. I, I still hope, I don't know if I said this on our previous episode, I still hope that in pertu- perpetuity, Andrew Garfield continues denying that he's in this movie. I really just want that to be He's like, I'm reality. not in it, guys. I'm not in it. Nobody told me. It's a bad Photoshop. I'm it's sorry to disappoint bad, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even get money for that, you know? <laughs> so, yes, uh, in Spider-Man, when uh, Doctor Strange's spell to make the world forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, things go awry when Peter decides to have little caveats to the spell as Doctor Strange is casting it. He says, well, Aunt May needs to remember. Oh, Ned needs to remember. And he's like, quit fucking talking. And then <laughs> shit goes awry. And uh, so, yeah, we get... Uh, well, first, when we're introduced to, oh, shit, things are dragged from the other Spider-Man worlds, we don't start with the Spy- the Spooderman. I wasn't even totally sure that they were going to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We get did Doc you guys, Ock. Did you guys really think they would ever do it just before we kind of move so on? So I had my doubts, and I I wanted to reserve, I wanted to keep my reservations with it because I... <sighs> It was almost too good to be true of a scenario in my mind for them to bring Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in. And I was trying to like keep my heart safe by like not <laughs> being like, okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then not. Yeah. Um, and I was also kind of from the stance of like, if they do include it, it has to work. It has to work with the script, with the flow of the movie. And, and would you say yeah. it did? 100%. Yeah. 100% with, without a doubt. With all these characters from the Spider-Men mm-hmm. to their the villains that are from the other franchises like Doc Ock, Green Goblin, um, Jamie Foxx's Electro, mm-hmm. Reese Ivan's Lizard, Sandman, Thomas Hayden Church, Venom. Venom. Um, all, these, all these characters, I was really... I was going into this movie thinking like, I really hope it's not just a little fucking cameo where it's like, hi, I'm Doc Ock. All right, see ya. Yeah. Or like Tobey Maguire, hi, kid, see ya. They're yeah. all, They're all integral to the plot. Yeah. yeah. I was amazed by how much they're in it. I, I thought that if if they got the two Spider-Man, and I didn't expect both. I thought it was going to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, spoilers, I have not seen the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, and I don't need to, whatever. Gwen Stacy's in it, and I know her fate. Everybody knows what happens to Gwen Stacy. So that's fine. Um, you see Gwen Stacy show up in a Spider-Man movie. You're like, there's oh, a cor- walking corpse right there. <laughs> right. hundred percent. Goes to Christmas pass. Right Avoid here. tall yep. buildings, young lady. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I wasn't sure if they if we were going to get both of them. I didn't think that they would have pulled that off. And I assumed that they probably would have gotten uh, Andrew Garfield if they were going to do it at all. Because Tobey Maguire was fucking 50 when they did the first Spider-Man. <laughs> so, like, 
it's basically just wheeling out a corpse. You know, it's tales from the crypt <laughs> yeah. uh, going on. If he's they just him a kid, in. he's no older than my fifty-year-old son. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so I was super pleased to be wrong about that. And mm-hmm. then when they brought him in, I was like, oh, okay, so they brought him, but like, like Andrew Garfield says, he's, uh, he's dressed like the cool youth pastor. And I'm like, okay, so he's like solid burn. He's just there to just sort of hang back, but they don't even do that. He's like, fuck yeah, I got my suit. Yeah. And they, they fucking kick ass, dude. And it's like the person on Twitter, the anonymous film critic said, they give you fucking everything that you want. They yeah. do the meme. The three <laughs> Spider-Men pointing at each other. They oh do all God. the memes, man. This movie is just not. It's like th- whoever wrote this movie went onto the subreddit Raimi memes mm-hmm. and just took massive notes. Well, you pointed out, and I, I didn't catch it. Uh, there was uh, a really fun exchange between um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man Two and Andrew Garfield's yeah. Spider-Man Three, where uh, they're just sort of like they they talk about like, oh my god, you can shoot webs from your wrist. That's fucking great. Does it shoot out of everywhere? And then they cut yeah. to later, the two of them hanging out before the big climactic fight in the third act, and Andrew Garfield's just like crouched down. He steals the show. Andrew Garfield is so funny in this. Mm -hmm. But he's like, I'm just so interested. Like, it just shoots out of your wrist. That's amazing. (laughs) Have you ever had, like, problems with it? And then we cut to uh, um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, like, stretching his back. And Andrew Garfield's like, yeah, I have, like, a lower back pain. Dude, yeah, that was But so you pointed out. Cannot believe that they referenced the Tobey Maguire back shit. That is so funny to me. <laughs> and now I think we talked about that in our Patreon episode that Tobey Maguire at one point was angling to get more money to be in Spider-Man 3. Two. Two. Yeah. And so he said he was having a back problem. They're like, dope, we're just going to recast you. That We're, we're going to get Jake Gyllenhaal. And Jake Gyllenhaal was actually Not like. Not Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> he actually was in like costume fittings and everything. Did, That's yeah. how close it was. Uh, and then Tobey Maguire had to basically grovel like, no, I'm actually my back's, I, I, actually my, fine, my back's fine. And then if you watch Spider-Man 2, there's at least three back jokes <laughs> where he like my back. And then there's a there's a, uh, a headline in one of the Daily Bugle papers that's hanging up on the wall. That's like man with poor back <laughs> asks for more money. Some, I don't know. But it's like I cannot believe that they snuck a dig at Tobey Maguire still yeah. <laughs> they're still giving him shit for that <laughs> it was awesome and well, go ahead no i was gonna say i thought i mean i'm sure it's in reference to that too but doesn't he hurt his back in one of the spider-man movies in two, yeah. yeah yeah he, he, like, like, he falls, falls because he's and... he's losing his powers mm-hmm. right and he falls and he hits his back on a car yeah. and like yeah um but going back to that exchange i i thought this was in reference to but Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man says, I'm so lame in comparison mm. to, you know, what you guys do. I fought a Russian rhino dude. In his yeah. And um, I can't I couldn't help but feel like that was in reference to fans saying that the amazing Spider-Man one and two movies were. Yeah. Well, there's also quote that. unquote lame or not as good as Tobey Maguire's slash Tom Holland's. And it's just so cool because like Tobey Maguire was like, no, you're not lame. You're, you're amazing. amazing. <laughs> they really amazing. hammer that home. Love yeah. I, I loved it. it. It was awesome. There's also that really funny line when they're like, all right, I'm Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, and Garfield is like, I'm Spider-Man 3. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they, that's when they have that little exchange where they're pointing at each other. I thought that I was Spider-Man 3. No, no, no. Okay, 1, 2, 3. And yeah. I, the the dynamic, the way that they used the three of them in conjunction was amazing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they uh, they play into the strengths of each of them. Like, uh, there's that really funny exchange between uh, 
uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire's where he's like, okay, so we got to work together. And like, so I don't want to like brag or anything, but I'm part of the <laughs> Avengers. And uh, Tobey Maguire's That's like, great. That's great. What is that? And they're like, wait, you don't have the Avengers? And that was so much fun. Are you yeah. a band? <laughs> well, it's, it's just, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna, it's just such like a, a cap onto like those movies at the time. And like, I don't know, because no one thought about the Avengers during like the mm-hmm. Spider-Man, like the first Tobey Maguire. It would Maguire. never have happened back yeah, then. Yeah, it never would have happened back then. And, and kind of going back to what you said before, where you felt like this movie really encapsulated, like put a lot of like end, not endings, but you go back and you watch like the Spider-Mans and it's like, oh, there's, there's a resolution. You know, even if you weren't satisfied with the third Spider-Man or you weren't satisfied with Amazing Spider-Man 2, it's like there's this resolution. This movie resolves all of those mm-hmm. like... Because those movies never got uh, a send off because yeah. there was always going to be a Spider Man four. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to planning on ending it with three. Mm-hmm. Amazing Spider Man two obviously didn't get to complete the story they wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. So this is a really great way to give Toby and Andrew their own kind of like send off and like, hey, you guys were great. Thank you for your service type thing. Right. But but they like you said, Andy, they they leverage them so well because you have Toby McGuire who's playing this this scene everything peter parker who's like not phased by a portal opening up he just calmly walks through it and it's like oh is it okay if i walk through the portal (laughs) and and he's like giving he's dropping sage wisdom and he understands he's like the fatherly figure andrew garfield is this one who has something to prove and he's like very quippy but he's using quips to mask his you know his uh his self-esteem because it's in the shitter because he couldn't save his girlfriend and and he, he's the most quippy of them, but there's also he's the most pained out of the mm-hmm. two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets that beautiful redemption by saving um, MJ. Who yeah. we is this the first time we learn that MJ's name in this is Michelle Jones? I don't think so. I think they call her Michelle in. I think uh, in, the, in Homecoming. Okay. I think they. Give oh, her. you're right. Yeah, yeah, he's in Homecoming. Yeah, you're right. Because I think when she introduces himself, she introduces herself at the end. I think she. Intro- I don't know. Yeah, she says Michelle Jones. Something like that. Yeah. That was such a wonderful arc, though, for Andrew Garfield's to to get to save mm-hmm. uh, MJ as she's falling. Uh, and for some reason, Tom Holland's spidey sense does not warn him that Green Goblin is about to shoot through and not stop him from saving MJ. Um, but that doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, I'm we, sure we, spidey sense is like going off the charts. There's a lot of shit happening. Well, speaking <laughs> of speaking of spidey sense, I thought it was interesting. The the one scene where Doctor Strange is trying to get the the cube of all of the mass destruction things happening. The cube of MacGuffin. Yeah. Away from, (laughs) away from Peter. And he, um, pushes his, like himself. Yeah. yeah. He, he knocks the, uh, him out of his corporeal body. It's like an actual projection His spidey senses are what, is forbidding Doctor Strange from grabbing the cube. That was so funny. That and was like the, the goofiest sequence of the whole movie. Yeah, his, his like lifeless body is swinging his arm around. Yeah, like, yeah. And I, Doctor Strange, makes and I, I love was, that. I was um, listening to this guy kind of like he was like un, like unfurling that scene a little bit, and he was like, "Well, it's because you know the the spider sense is like another dimensional thing that you know Spider Man have, which is why that you know." Doctor Strange wasn't able to like manipulate that because it's completely out of his like, you know, repertoire of mm-hmm. dimensional control, which I thought was really interesting. Speaking of Spider Sense or the PD Tingle, as they <laughs> previously called it, I was Loki making me uncomfortable when they kept referring <laughs> it to that. It's funny that 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 term 
like none of the other Spider-Man said, what the fuck? Is I know. Like, yeah, I got the, I got the tingle. spider the tingle, the tingle. But that gave us what was easily my favorite scene of the whole movie, which was when Andrew Garfield first gets brought in to the universe. Ned, using uh, Doctor Strange's ring, is able to open portals all of a sudden. He says, show me Spider-Man and twirls his hand in a circle. He's got the and magic in see him. Spider-Man mm-hmm. walk through. And now I don't know. If like the audience that I was with, if they just like are so in tune with Spider-Man that they recognize his suit because they all have subtle differences. A lot of people consider Garfield's suit the best Spider-Man suit. But so, so he hmm. wa- he walked through that portal and everybody in my theater lost their goddamn minds. And I'm like, dope, which one is it? But <laughs> they seem to know. And then he takes his ha- his mask off and it's like, oh, my God, they fucking did it. Yeah, there he is. There's Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. But MJ is not convinced. You're like, you're not really Spider-Man. And she starts throwing bread, bread, at bread at yeah and she's like i was just seeing if you have the tingle he's like i do have the tingle but not for bread and then she's like well, do something else show me crawl on the walls i'm not gonna crawl on the walls and then he jumps up and like he's hanging by hanging his, from his, fingers, with his fingers yeah. she's like that's not good enough he's like it's totally good enough it's really not good enough just the comedy of that scene fucking crushed me and yeah. ned's spanish mother is saying like please speak, speak in the, spanish will you get the cobwebs right there and he crawls across God, that was so funny. That whole scene, I'm sure we all were like this, but I was smiling ear to ear just the whole the whole time. Oh, I was having an absolute nerdgasm that whole time. I yeah. was with I was with my my best friend and she's she's pretty nerdy like me, but like not to full extent. And I was like, I had to turn to her. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm like freaking out right now. It's just so it was just so cool, like how they pulled that off. And as somebody who was like particularly critical on if they could pull it off. I was very thoroughly impressed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They, they definitely crush it. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the, the Spider-Man. Why don't we shift gears and talk about the, the villains that mm-hmm. show up? Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned an incredible glow up that happened in this movie. And that is in regards to Jamie Foxx's electro. Okay. Cause I think he's one of the worst designed characters in movie history in amazing Spider-Man two. Does he look lame uh, again? I've never seen it. He looks terrible. He's just blue and it looks yeah. weird. And, and when just he's like Dr. Manhattan as a Spider-Man villain. Yeah. And, but before he gets his powers, you know what Jamie Foxx looks like, right? He looks dope. He's a cool dude. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he gets his powers, they went out of their way to like nerdify him. So he's got like a gap in his teeth, a horrible comb over glasses. They make him all like pimply looking it, but it's comically bad. Like, cause we all know what Jamie Foxx looks like. It's he's like, a handsome man. It's like, th- what are you doing? Like you, he looks terrible. And then he gets his powers and his teeth gap does it is no more mm-hmm. it's really bad they do a similar we'll get there but green goblin they do a similar thing anyway go on um but in this movie they're just like yeah we got jamie fox look at him look at him let's all look at this piece we of aren't man. pretending that he's buck ass naked look at him <laughs> and they actually give him more of a traditional electro like when he uses his powers you get the yeah. traditional electro mask pattern coming off of his face and i like how they kind of I like how they kind of use the villains against each other because, yeah. um, like I said before, I was worried they were all going to be like really quick cameos and they'd be gone. But no, they're all together. There's almost a good portion of the team where they're like all working together, and it's almost like a weird Avengers team up with mm-hmm. all these super villains. But Sinister Six, dude. Yeah, Sinister Six, but the six members getting drunk in Mexico the whole movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I love how all of the the villains feel appropriate from what the movies they come from. Wait, hang on. He's not just getting drunk. He's getting drunk with Danny Rojas. That's true. Anyway, yeah, go that, on. that is true. You're right. You can't. 
I got to put some respect on Danny Rojas' name. <laughs> uh, but I love how they were able to bring them from their previous movies, keep their characters intact, expand on them a little bit, but also like give them their own personal motivations. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, Green Goblin just wants to like fuck everything up. Um, Jamie, well, not Norman Osborn doesn't. He, no, Norman Osborn doesn't. He's right. just like, oh my god, I don't exist in this world. What do I do? I love how like because there's this box, and if if Peter Parker, if anyone presses the button on the box, they all get zipped back to their own realities where they. You know, all are apparently going to die, even though the lizard didn't die. Um, So, but it's weird because like Jamie Foxx doesn't want the button to be pressed because he he's like, I like this new energy. I want to have more of it. The lizard wants it to be pressed because he wants to. I don't know. I actually don't know what the lizard's motivations were. He he Sandman wants the the button to be pressed because he wants to come back to his daughter. I just love how they all have like legitimate differences in what they all want to do, but they're mm-hmm. trying to work together for part of it. And eventually it all goes to shit, mm-hmm. but that's such a neat, neat idea. And it's amazing that they're able to take all these characters and somehow make it work. Cause a lot of the criticisms we have for like, say an amazing Spider-Man two or a Spider-Man three is it's like, you have way too many villains. You can't tell a cohesive stu- uh, story with all these villains. This movie has six villains, and three Spider-Man characters. Now, friend of the show, Phil, did point out, he's like, well, that's two villains per Spider-Man, so it evens out. Yeah. Good point, Phil. Yeah. Pretty solid. <laughs> what did you guys think? Um, so, I think that they crushed it. Now, he, Phil is right when he says there's two villains per Spider-Man, but they also barely use uh, the crocodile guy. I don't even know what his name is, but... Uh, the lizard? Uh, Dr. Like, Connor? Dr. Connor, the Dr. lizard. Connor. Uh, from the beginning, Dr. Strange is like, yeah, I already caught that one. Anyway, let's deal with the rest of them. And uh, so pretty quickly, um, the lizard's already off the table, um, and then Doc Ock gets nerfed within the first like five minutes of him appearing on screen. Uh, Pete with his... Oh, nan- but I, I love what they did with Doc Ock's mm-hmm. story, though. Pete's nanotechnology, when uh, Doc Ock rips part of his suit off, it his nanotechnology seamlessly melds somehow with Doc Ock's uh, tentacles and uh, is just nerfed immediately. And uh, and that's fine, because I actually like him better as when it's Alfred Molina getting to be the fun mentor guy. And it's kind of the opposite, though, of like Green Goblin when he... Uh, Norman Osborn as just like, I'm kind of a homeless man. I don't know what to do with myself. Not as much fun. And that's what I was talking about before when you were saying uh, Jamie Foxx, like they gapped his teeth or whatever. That's a fun thing that they do, at least in the original Spider-Man movies. Uh, when uh, Norman Osborn oh, yeah. is Norman Osborn, he has these prosthetic teeth that are perfect. And when he goes into his Green Goblin facade character thing, uh, he they use his Will- Willem Dafoe's natural gap. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's dope. But yeah, it just didn't seem like that they... Uh, you know they have six villains but they're not or however many villains they're not really using them all and so it's like they're really just the couple that are like the the real fire starters but i do love they're using them right right i love that jamie fox's electro was uh, such a big part of that because everybody else has their thing uh when they're trying peter's trying to cure them and stuff and he's just like i kind of don't want to be cured you know like um green goblin's basically the anarchist um the uh uh who, who do they cure first oh they cure doc ock first mm-hmm. and he's just like yes please thank you that was fucked up uh but electro it's so fun because he's uh like he he's the only one that's kind of on the fence you know and so that's cool kind of i don't know character development if you will yeah but they used him great and we're leaving out the fact that it's a two and a half hour movie so they have a lot of time to deal <laughs> deal with all of the stuff yeah but they- i will say the two and a half hours fucking flew by really does. yeah madison your thoughts? 
Um, I I liked how they incorporated a lot of the villain the villains. Um, to me, it just felt like all of those villains picked up right from when they were in the in the in the movies that they came from. So, have you seen the Andrew Garfield ones? I have. I've only seen them once okay. all the way through. Um, but I I thought it was interesting though to see them in this version of the MCU, because obviously you have Jamie Foxx's electro that's, you know, very gravitated towards the Iron Man. Um, what's it called? The oh, reactor. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so getting to see like his reaction to that and like how he is interpreting that. And even though he has no knowledge of who Iron Man is actually, but it's just like, mm, I like this, this energy. Um, that is fun. How they deal with like the, uh, the uh, other Spider-Man people coming to terms with the MCU. They're like, magic is real. Yeah. Like, that's fucked up. And one of my favorite scenes is uh, when Tobey Maguire, he gets stabbed by Green Goblin in that after that iconic fight where he stops Tom Holland from uh, killing, yeah, killing him. Uh, he gets stabbed and uh, the multiverse is falling apart and Doctor Strange is doing his magic thing, trying to stop it. And Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker looks up. He's like, is that really happening or am I dying? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. Are you okay? Oh, I've been stabbed before. I've it's been okay. Stabbed before. Oh, good, 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 good. One of the Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are arm in arm. He's like, "You're in so much pain, aren't you?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah this I sucks." Yeah. I gotta say though, when I saw him get stabbed, I was so sad. I was like, yeah. "He cannot yeah. die." Yeah, you like, can't kill a, a Spider-Man. That's not that's not cool. I'm like, no way, no way. This is happening right now. But I mean, they you know they made it so that way he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's so perfect because I know on this show we talked, we criticized Toby specifically his. Peter Parker and Spider-Man and and I think that and that speaks so much to what you know what they were going for at the time a more Silver Age style Spider-Man that's more mm-hmm. aw shucks boy howdy um, but this movie really kind of leads into you know his strength as an older mm-hmm. older statesman who's there I mean that scene you mentioned it briefly Andy when he stops Tom Holland from killing Willem Dafoe he doesn't say anything he literally stops him and he's just looking at him mm-hmm. and that look he gives him just says everything Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you can't go down this route. This isn't like I've been this there. Isn't you, mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you make this mistake that I could have done. Well, and they kind of use that a little bit too with Andrew Garfield. Cause we know that he's like in turmoil having lost Gwen Stacy and stuff, but he says, uh, at some point I stopped pulling my punches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, I, again, having not seen the Andrew Garfield ones, I don't know if that's alluded to at all, like in maybe the second Spider-Man or something, but no, I, cause the, the, the most recent film with him in it is when Gwen dies at the end. Okay. And um, so we don't really see what he does afterwards. But so, uh, and that's one of the things about Spider-Man as a character. Like he is one of the strongest people, like one of the strongest heroes in the MCU. And it is part of his character that he pulls his punches that he, he would put his fist through your face if he <laughs> were to punch you. And we've, t- we talked about that in our uh, Patreon episode when he's fighting Doc Ock, he's just a dude with arms. And if, if he landed a hit, that dude would not just be knocked out, but he would be dead. Like his head would turn around backwards. But Peter pulls some... his punches in that universe. Exactly mm. right. So I want to. I want to see the dark universe, Spider Man. Just punching see, heads off. Of I want to see Andrew Garfield <laughs> fucking killing people, man. That would be badass. Now we did there. There we kind of briefly alluded to it, but Peter tries. To, Tom Holland's Peter Parker tries to kill the Green Goblin specifically for what I think is the biggest what moment of this movie. And that is a uh, green goblin 
kills Aunt May. Mm -hmm. And we get the iconic with great power must come and great responsibility. Mm -hmm. She says must come. And I was like, mm -hmm. actually, that is the original line reading in the comics. Yeah, just coming out of her mouth, it felt <laughs> hackneyed, you know? And you're in the gutter right now. I need you to kind of pull yourself out. Well, I, yeah. think that, I, think, I think I can speak for almost everybody. When she started to say that line, I'm like, oh, are you really... You know, that is true. In the moment when she said the line, I kind of rolled my eyes at it. But the way they pay that off is beautiful. Yeah. It's like the when when Peter or I keep saying Peter, when Toby McGuire, I'm doing the Ned thing where he's like, yeah, Peter, 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 Peter Parker. Parker. <laughs> Same still, name, Ned. Still, still us. <laughs> when Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield come through and they finish the, the line to kind of get Tom Holland to realize that they're on his side. They know what he's going through. I thought that was such a good payoff, but you're right. In the moment I was with you like, Oh, come on. Really? Mm -hmm. Kind of corny maybe. Or yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like, well, that was one of the smart things that they did with Spider-Man bringing him into the NCU is they just completely left out his origin story. Like everybody knows about mm -hmm. Spider-Man. They know about uncle Ben dying. We know about with great power must come great responsibility. Let's just get to the fun stuff. And yeah. uh, I really liked they did that. And so when they brought in the Uncle Ben thing, I was like, oh, come on. Like, we all just assumed that there was an Uncle Ben that died that said those words. And now Peter is who he is. But like Steve was saying, the payoff, though, when uh, the other Peters are like, yeah, they said that to me, too. Uh, that that was fun. I wish that he would have said, like, who the fuck is Uncle Ben? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there, there has not been an Uncle Ben. And when uh, he goes to visit uh, Aunt May's uh, gravestone, there's no... Yeah, there's no Uncle Ben. Yeah. Ben, Grayson. whatever. I don't know the last name, but what's the last name? Parker. Parker? Is it Parker? Yeah. May, yeah. Is it May Parker? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't know that, but okay, yeah. I mean, you can have aunts and uncles that have different last names. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. I do. What if it was I like am an unfortunate sad. last name? Like, here lies May Guberman. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice that they had little flowers to block the dates? Like, we know we're using the young Aunt May, but, like, we're not going to tell you how old she actually is. <laughs> I didn't notice that, actually. Yeah, 100% huh. they blocked the dates. I love that that's something you're looking for, Andy, when you're watching this movie. Like, how old is she? Right. I want to know. Well, I mean, everybody was all up in arms when Aunt May wasn't 90. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, this actually makes a lot more sense that she's not 90. It says aunt, not his grandma. But That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a bummer that Marissa Tomei is going to be I, I, presumably out of the MCU at this point because I like her a lot. And I I had a lot of fun with uh, her being the young hip aunt and uh, the dynamic that she had with Happy, uh, mm -hmm. even in this movie, too, was, again, super fun <laughs> where he's all sad and stuff because they broke up. And yeah, and so it's a bummer. But um, can we talk about him when um Tom Holland and Zendaya are on the phone and he's in the <laughs> in the lounge chair with his sleep apnea sleep machine. Apnea machine yeah. I was dying <laughs> laughing and I think I was the only one in the theater laughing because my mom has a sleep apnea machine. Mine does too. fucking funny, man. I was... We get oh it. God. You like each other. Get off the phone. Get off the phone. And just sitting in his chair because that's how you have to sleep with a sleep apnea machine. You yeah. You in your chair. It was just so funny. That's, oh, how my, that's how my mom sleeps off. So like, oh my God, Carol's in this movie. And, and so I, 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 one thing that I don't know if we, if we talked about much yet so far is how good the writing is in this. And mm -hmm. uh, that's a scene that stands out to me too. When, uh, when happy jumps in with his, uh, we get it. We, you like each other, get off the phone. Uh, the writing there felt really 
natural for it. It was not the Steve Buscemi. Hey, fellow kids. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> like it, it felt right when they're like, I miss you. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Like, that's how kids talk when you're yeah. in a new relationship. You say that all the time. I miss you. I can't wait to see you, et cetera, et cetera. And now I'm of course, everybody says that. But the way that they did it was it felt right. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like little little flourishes in the way that they wrote were wonderful. Like mm-hmm. when uh, obviously when we hit the ultimate climax, ultimately in order to preserve the uh, existing world and to stop the uh, multiverse from all attacking because everybody within the multiverse who knows who Peter Parker is, is being drawn into it. Uh, ultimately, Doctor Strange has to cast a spell to make the world forget who Peter Parker is. Never mind the fact that, like, Electro didn't know who Peter Parker was at the time, apparently, in that movie. So mm-hmm. they're like, why he's there is kind of iffy. But anyway. I thought Spider-Man will be black. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. He's like, sorry. I know, I love Andrew Garfield. like, oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> that movie, it's only a 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10 for me because Miles wasn't in it, and I would have loved that so much. I get why they didn't do it, because like if they were going to, the only way they could have done it would be to like open the portal and have it close right away, and that's kind of like, mm, maybe you shouldn't do that at all yeah. if you're going to Give him a proper live-action introduction right. before you do it. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, so when Doctor Strange is casting his uh, Everybody Forgets Peter Parker thing, uh, there's the... Uh, tear felt or tearful uh, goodbye scene between Zendaya and uh, Peter Parker and, and Ned uh, and Ned and, and Ned. Uh, she says I hate magic and just like a real brief thing and I loved it so much and she says I love you and he starts to say I love you too and she immediately talks over him and she's like sweet come tell me that in person when you come and mm-hmm. reintroduce yourself ultimately he reneges on his promise to do that because and that's such a cool way to end it because the whole thing that they were establishing in the beginning is that he wants a fresh start all the people around him are being impacted by the fact that they're leading two lives at all and uh so when he sees they're like oh my god they got into MIT and they're having a great time he's like okay they don't need me in their lives because it's going to be a lot harder for them. And he has to just do his own thing. It's wonderful. But the writing, just the little things like I hate mm-hmm. magic. Like I, I got choked up just from that. And that was one of my four crying moments. I also <laughs> cried when Aunt May died. I also cried when uh, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man saved MJ. Yeah. And then I think I cried when Happy was uh, at the grave with Peter. And he's like, so how did you know her? Um mm-hmm. I might have even teared up at one other point. Like, I cried a lot during that movie. I I teared up. I so I teared up at the Andrew Garfield, but then I also teared up when it was the three of them and they like you know jumped in conjunction with each other on like the Statue of Liberty, and then they started swinging around, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's happening oh my gosh they're working it's together real. as a team oh my what, goodness was it established at some point in one of the other mcu properties that they're adding captain america's shield to the statue of liberty that was in um yeah it Cap- is it's it was, something it was captain america and winter soldier okay. okay yeah i was just like that's a thing apparently anyway yeah it, it, it is re- kind of sudden if you're if you kind of forgot about mm-hmm. that but I mean, it, it kind of ties in because it's post and, you know, Captain America, you know, Iron Man gets all these flowers, you know, because he died on screen. But it, right. it's, it's nice to see that the world did forget mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. good captain <laughs> as someone who is always on Team Cap. And he's yeah. still alive and well. He's just an old man. He's like, oh, that's pretty dope. He's like, it's <laughs> like, pretty cool. They put my shit right. up there. That's, that's awesome, man. I hope Sam's doing okay as the new captain. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm a man. That's the woman holding the shield. <laughs> oh, oh, no. God. He's from the 40s, Steve, Steve Rogers wouldn't be like that, though. He's Steve Rogers is like. 40s. Peggy Rogers. Carter would have kicked his ass into shape with that. <laughs> Seriously, he's the first woke 
Big time. <laughs> well, it's Big like the time. what if when we get Agent Carter or what, what do they call her? Uh, Captain Britain. Captain, Captain Carter. Captain, Captain Carter. Carter. Okay. And then in the post credits, we we already talked about, we got Venom getting drunk with Danny Rojas, which is dope. He's just like, really? That's Can I say, before we move on that, I really pre... I, I'm not super big onto these post-credit scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm not super into them. A, I, I don't like Venom. Never have. I haven't seen either of the movies. Hot neither, take. Ha- neither have I. Hot take. Venom is a trash character, and I've never liked him. Like, even in the 90s, like, he's, he just reeks of 90s um, try hard <laughs> to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, there's this, like, you know, with the Morbius movie coming out and Sony being like, we're going to make our own cinematic universe featuring just Spider-Man villains. And I'm like, please do not mix this peanut butter with this chocolate. Do not keep them separated. I will. I like what MCU is doing. I hate everything Sony's doing. And so when I, uh, when Venom two came out, there's a post-credit scene where it was like, Oh, they're bringing Venom into this movie. That was my biggest fear. And I was so happy Tom Hardy fucking disappeared in the bar. I'm like, thank God. I don't want to see this. Um, and I, I severely judged every nerd in the theater that went, oh, yeah, when he popped up. I'm like, fuck all of you. You're the problems. All of you are the problems. <laughs> but, Steve, now you have said before that they are taking the good parts from the other Spooderman movies and using the best parts and elevating them. So yeah, that's why they Venom, didn't include Tom for Grace in this movie because Venom's a trash character. Leave the bad out. So Tom Hardy one is an amazing actor. True, we can agree on that. We can agree on that. Venom in the right hands could be a cool character. Yes, maybe anything could be a cool character in the right hands. So Tom Hardy as Venom in the MCU. What's this voice you're doing right now? I don't know. This, this, this is my what if voice. This is my. Follow me as we follow me as we journey into the what if. Into the what if and ponder the question: What if? What, what if? Well, I think so. With, um, I mean, you're Tom Hardy. I've never seen Venom. I I think I just didn't see it because. I don't know. I just was like, I it's not, it's, it's, yeah, it's not MCU in relation. But now that we have established that Tom Holland, Spider-Man has really no association with the Avengers anymore. He's kind of distant. Like no one remembers him as Spider-Man anymore. So, well, they're going to remember that Spider-Man's part of their crew. Right. And they're just going to be like, wait, who was it again? You know, how do we contact Spider-Man? Does anyone know his phone number? Yeah. Right. So I think moving forward and I hate to say it, Steve, but I think that the intention of having Tom Hardy, obviously, I think is to inquire that there's going to be crossovers of those, which is why I think is it Morbius with Jared Leto. Mm -hmm. I think that's why he had a trailer. At least we did. When I saw it, there was a trailer for Morbius. I've seen the Morbius trailer so many goddamn times. (laughs) I want that movie to burn in a fire. That movie could be nominated for all the Oscars in the world. I will still wish it the worst success of all time. <laughs> I just, I'm so tired of seeing that trailer. I, I love Jared Leto. I'm just burnt. I'm burnt, man. That's why yeah. I watch Venom. I like Venom as a character. I'm just and I love Tom Hardy. I'm just burnt out, man. I just I'm reading it for like what they've sh- what they showed us in the the trailers prior, and then at the very end, I was I was interpreting it as okay, Tom Holland. I think is confirmed to have three more movies. Yeah. He just signed Mm -hmm. on for another trilogy. And so part of me is like, okay, well they've established that there is a multiverse. You saw other villains in the little, um, separation of the, the multiverses when the, the spell broke. Apparently somebody 
pointed out there, Kraken the Hunter mm-hmm. or something was in there. Mm-hmm. Craven. 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 Rhino. 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 And then. Black Cat, I think, was also one Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think because when I played the Spider-Man video game, I think Black Cat would be really cool mm-hmm. to yeah. include. Um, Felicia Harding. Is that Black Cat's yes, name? Yes. Um, so I interpreted it as they were alluding to the possibility of the two intertwining, which I think, I mean, if written right, you know, cool, you know? Sure. I mean, if Marvel is able to write it, if Kevin Feig is able to produce is it. Is that how it's pronounced now? Really? Has know. it been Feig it, it changes every week. <laughs> I, I'm sticking with Feige. Feige, yeah. Feige. Um, or maybe I'm thinking of Paul Feig. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. okay. Uh, but, uh, and, but you're right, because I, I, and this is one of the things I also like about the movie, is the movie ends, everyone forgets Spider-Man, and they've almost reset tom holland spider-man to be much more classically spider-man he, you know, yeah. he's, he's in a dingy apartment in manhattan um and you know presumably he has a camera at, at any moment he's gonna go down to the daily bugle and be like excuse me alex jones i mean J. jonah jameson can i have a job mm-hmm. selling supplements <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and but i love that because one of my biggest criticisms of the tom holland movies is like this doesn't feel like a spider-man movie to me this feels more like Iron Man 2.0. Yeah. Uh, because so much of Spider-Man is like, oh, Iron Man gave me this suit. Iron Man gave me these connections. Oh, uh, Man is Happy Hogan. Mm-hmm. Is that is, is that Happy Hogan? Yeah. Is it Happy yeah. Hogan? And, and Harold so, Hogan. Is that his real name? Harold Hogan. Harold Hogan. And and now they've kind of stripped all that down to now it's a, it is a quintessential Spider-Man yeah. thing. And, the, and this movie is the most Spider-Man, even though Doctor Strange is in it, it still feels the most like a solely Spider-Man movie than the other two mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies right. did. Well then moving forward for me, it just feels like a clean slate. Like they can take mm-hmm. so much and really create something with it. So um, real quick, one thing that we also forgot to bring up is um, Charlie Cox showing yeah, up as Matt. I was, I was just about to, I was yeah. going to mention that. Yeah. And so now the, the Netflix Marvel stuff is fair game. We might get, Thank uh, God. We it's, might get it's, the purple man. It's quote unquote trending now on Netflix now. The Daredevil the Daredevil series. Nice. That was a that was John Bernthal as Punisher. Well, I don't want to spoil anything for Hawkeye for you, but you should definitely watch Hawkeye. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which so I, I feel really I haven't watched Daredevil in its full entirety. I think I only got to see like episode two or something like of that. Season one? Yeah. Oh what? shit. That's by far the best I know the best season. And I I think I started watching watching it right when it got released. So I think it, I don't know, it just kind of nothing. Well, now it's part of the MCU. Yeah. So now I have to watch it. Um, (laughs) My theater erupted when, when Charlie Cox playing Matt Murdock just walked into frame. Mm -hmm. That was the first time because my, my crowd was pretty raucous and like really into it. That was the first time they audibly cheered. And then we mm-hmm. caught the brick. Yeah. That went through the window. People was lost sick. their minds. I'm, I'm a really good lawyer. I'm a really good lawyer. That was so <laughs> sick. Yeah. And fun, fun fact. Didn't uh, John Favreau play foggy Nelson in the Matt, uh, or the Ben Affleck. He sure did. And that's what Daredevil. I've been saying. Now that he's there and the multiverse exists, I want Ben Affleck as Matt Murdock to show up to. Get out of here. I want it. Get out of here. I want it. I don't know about that. I want it so bad. <laughs> bring bring him back. You hear that, Ben Affleck? You got one. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I fucking loved that movie back in the day. I had so much fun with the original Daredevil. I loved it. I only hear a con word. 
Michael. I don't want to hear a calm word. I'm sorry. I was going to say Michael Clark Duncan was Kingpin, right? Yes. R.I.P. He was awesome. He was yeah. so dope. R.I.P. Uh, and the one thing that we haven't brought up yet, and I started to allude to before when we were uh, doing that, the what if. Uh, uh, Ponder the question, what if with Ponder me. the question, what if. <laughs> uh, what if Spider-Man met himself? <laughs> but we get uh, a little bit of the what if bringing, working its way into the MCU in the final stinger, which was a trailer for Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. Is that what it's called? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi. Directed by Sam Raimi. We get to see evil Doctor Strange, which was superior strange. Crazy. Is that what he's called? Which, like that. Who, who's featured prominently in Marvel's What If? I think that maybe he was in two episodes. I don't know. I definitely saw I one. I think it was, yeah, it was episode two or three. Where basically he's trying to get a bunch of power to. Uh, yeah, I think he's in three because he's in the standalone episode and then the final two episodes are a two parter. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I haven't gone back yet to finish it. I stopped at the zombies. I'm just like, I'm good. Uh, Again, just burn out. But I'll, I'll if now I need to, I, I'll, I'll watch it. But anyway, um, yeah. So I and had Wanda. I Wanda had, was there. Wanda was there. Um, and she, they mentioned briefly uh, her escapades in WandaVision. Um, WandaVision, WandaVision. Which, <laughs> which is probably the best of the MCU TV shows so far. But yeah, I'm really mm, interested hard to disagree, see. But okay. <laughs> Ooh. Dude, fucking Winter Soldier was trash. I, I watched, I'm not saying it's Winter Soldier. <laughs> but I haven't watched Loki, so I don't know. Hawkeye's better too. Is it? Okay. So well, far. Okay. Anyway, I, I cannot express how just disappointed I was in the, the ending of WandaVision. Just soured. Sour. Yeah, yeah, the ending sucked. The first three episodes, though, solid. Yeah, super solid. I just wish yeah. that they had. It's like in. I wish the. I mean, I don't know if the writers were the same, but it's like if the writers of Spider Man No Way Home had written the ending of WandaVision, totally different. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, these dudes. Uh, I think it's like a, a pair that have written all three Spider Man movies so far. They're crushing it. Yeah, it's the same director, uh, John Watts. Yeah, is that the director's name? Uh, uh yep totally and written by chris mckenna and eric summers um yeah i just wish the i wish the 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 ending stingers i would have much preferred instead of seeing a venom thing or a trailer for dr strange although the dr strange thing's not as bad because it yeah. it flowed into it really really well um so i so that one's okay i just would have preferred to see a, a stinger of you know andrew garfield back in yeah. his his, his yeah. Face. or toby mcguire he's back in his his reality just a Same. quick little like really, fun thing like that would have been so much more to me i really wanted to see kirsten dunst and him like like her back as mj and him are they making it, it work out yeah, yeah well part of me was like awesome. i i don't know what possessed me but like when he walked through the port when toby mcguire walked through the portal i like immediately looked for a ring i was like is he married <laughs> is him and are him and i don't know if this is a girl thing but i just was like oh, are him and mj married like are they still together yeah they allude, allude to it a tiny bit he's like it's really complicated because like in the comics, I think that like she's died and been brought back. And well, just if you go based off of where Spider-Man three ends off, yeah, that is very complicated. I don't recall. Honestly. Well, he hits her. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, not, they're not together at the end of Spider-Man three. Hate Spider-Man when you hate Spider-Man yeah, on accident, but he hits her. Oh, I thought it was because Harry died and like Harry does die. He does. So, so they broke up. Um, oh, mostly wait. because she's, she's kind of jealous that he's, 
being recognized as Spider-Man and he doesn't realize that she's been fired from her stage play. So he's kind of being a little He's big-headed. being an asshole. Yeah. And then he gets the Venom suit and he becomes an even bigger, bigger asshole. asshole with some and when they, sick moves. After they break up, he brings Gwen Stacy to the jazz bar she's working at to kind of like oh, do that dance right, number. you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. And he starts fighting with the security there and he thinks the security guard's behind him so he like swings to hit the guy behind him but yeah, it's actually he, MJ. He hits her, I remember. He her. I remember. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Not a uh, fan. Nope. And then when it ends, they're kind of like, oh man, Harry's dead. That sucks. <laughs> the end. Yeah. And, 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 and that, and that was part of what we said before. They were intending to do a fourth one where I would assume they would have resolved that quite yeah. downer of an ending. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't gone back when we did our Spider-Man coverage. I only watched one and two and I didn't want to watch three and I still haven't. I'm probably not going to Three's. It's I, rough. It's rough. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Um, you know, it's not Ralph. Is this Spider Man? This Spider Man. Yeah. Oh, just one. A couple more things I just want to shout out before we move. We, before we continue, I know Madison has a really good question to ask. Um, I really just want to point out. I freaking think Willem Dafoe is amazing, and he has only solidified his work as one of the greatest Spider Man villains, nay, comic book villains nay. of all time. Just the he owns this role. He mm-hmm. apparently he did all of his stunts. Um, and I, I just, just hearing that laugh that he does is so awesome. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I love how he's like, I'm not going to wear <laughs> and they acknowledge how bad the suit sucked. He breaks the mask and they give mm-hmm. him like the hobgoblin kind of look, which was red. Yeah. yeah. It looks so much better. Um, I, 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 I love seeing Alfred Molina again. I mean, just when he was, like you said, Andy, when he was finally like normal Otto Octavius, it just warmed my heart, especially when he and Peter had that mm-hmm. moment. Like, it's good to see you, my boy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he's such a good man. <laughs> and we got, the, we got the, uh, I'm something of a scientist myself line. Yes. Which is fucking rad. Fucking tore the house down. Um, I love this line delivery by Alfred Molina. I, I I can't wait to steal it and use it in the proper context in real life. If someone at, is asking me too many questions, I just want to yell, "We tire of your questions, boy!" Just <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, scream that is hysterical. <laughs> Um, and there's like a buttload of Easter eggs. Uh, if because I've seen it twice now and rewatching it again, uh, really kind of look out for the Easter eggs. If you've seen the Hawkeye show, there's a great advertisement for the Rogers musical mm-hmm. uh, in the background. Which and you got to watch this show. You got to watch uh, Hawkeye just for the Rogers musical. Okay, um, <laughs> you will fucking love it. I know, I know I love you will. So I'm excited. Uh, and if I did have any minor quibbles with the movie. Because we've been given this movie all the flowers, I do feel like I would be remiss to say, you know, if if I if there was anything, and these are so minor, they're just nits to pick. Um, I do think there are some minor editing problems, specifically in reaction shots, like they cut away from Willem Dafoe being an amazing Willem Dafoe to like show a reaction shot that adds nothing to the scene. Like just no, stay on Willem Dafoe, he's crushing it. I don't need to see CGI Sandman. <laughs> there mm-hmm. yeah uh, <laughs> um and th- there is a little bit of a, a pacing issue towards the end um but it's it but it specifically the last like five to ten minutes feels really really like i don't know where they're going for it and there's like oh motion and it ends and there's just a weird lull right mm-hmm. before it ends and then the final thing is uh i'm not a huge fan of the score um i think the score is great at the end the climax music solid I don't like the score when the fight starts. Like when they first start teaming up together, the Spider-Man, mm-hmm. I feel the score is very like n- n- minute and doesn't sell. And then when they finally like, we're a team now, 
then it becomes grandiose. But at that point, it's like, yeah, but I'm already hyped. I'm already been hyped to mm-hmm. see them this whole fucking time. Yeah. yeah. Um, they do the nail Michael Giacchino, who's the composer. He does nail the Doctor Strange theme because he's not the original Doctor Strange composer. Uh-huh. And I feel like all the Doctor Strange stuff he litters in is great. Yeah. Um, and that could be just more of a sound mixing, sound editing thing, and less on the theme itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, those are my the last couple things. Now, I what was the say. question you said? Oh, so um, so I think we've we've all kind of. I feel like it's unanimously. You know, we agree that this movie is really awesome and really great. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, you even said it was it was your favorite, possibly. Um, possibly. possibly. Um, but I was just curious. You know, in terms of this movie taking out the factor of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, them not being in it, is it still as good of a movie? Mm-hmm. I was talking about that uh, with a friend the other day uh, when I was debating whether or not I like it better than Into the Spider-Verse. And I th- said, I think Spider-Verse edges it out because it is a standalone wonder of a film. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one kind of necessitates 20 years of Spider-Man knowledge. Yeah, And I did kind of ask myself, oh, if I've never seen those other ones do i still like it as much as i do and i have half an answer because i haven't seen the andrew garfield ones and i he was my favorite part of the movie even having never watched his movies in fact i think i probably would have maybe liked his part less if i had watched those other movies just because it was a novelty for me to see him as spider-man and so with that knowledge i feel like my answer is yes it still holds up as much as it otherwise would have Mm -hmm. because there's just an assumption of history with them. It's kind of like uh, into the Spider Verse when we get Jake Johnson's uh, old, uh, divorced, uh, <laughs> fat, Peter B. Fat Parker. And sad <laughs> Peter B. Parker. Yeah, he. Uh, it. We get a hint at what his life has been like, and it is just there's an assumption of knowledge with Spider Man. Never mind whether or not you've seen the iteration that they're a part of. Like one of the things that hit at home hardest was. Uh, uh, when Jake Peter B. Parker uh, sees Aunt May and he goes up to her house, he says, I'm not ready for this. And there's just, you know, everything you you, you don't know, but, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's and if uh, you don't know, now, you know, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I think that even if they had the other Spider-Man movies had never happened uh, and they had two no name guys that came in as old and failure spider-man that we would still have had the emotional impact that it did that's for me anyway what do you think steve uh i would agree i i've been thinking about this a lot madison at madison posed this question to me a little bit ago and it, i thought it was a really good question i've been thinking the whole time uh and i think yes um because the tom holland movies specifically have always been great Mm-hmm. They're really, really good, specifically Homecoming. I'm not the hugest fan of Far From Home, but it's still a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, But the thing that's always held it back for me to saying this is my favorite Spider-Man movie is because those movies have been so tied to other MCU properties, mm-hmm. which is fine, which is which is great, actually. It, it works really well with what they're trying to do. But like, that's not, that doesn't speak to Spider-Man to me. And this movie feels so much more, even with, even if you take out the other Spider-Man um, it feels so much more grounded in us. It's much more of a Spider-Man story than the mm-hmm. other ones are. And a funny little anecdote. When we went and saw Spider-Man last night, um, a, f- a friend of mine, her name's Ashley. She went and saw it with us. Ashley 
has zero, literally zero frame of reference for Spider-Man. She has seen maybe half of Far From Home. That is the only Spider-Man movie she's ever seen. She was not even aware that Spider-Man was based off a comic book. Wow. Mm. She still loved this movie. Nice. She came out of it. It was like, that was so much fun. I had a great time. I don't know who half the people are, but it was fun, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that just... Her example just kind of shows just how great the movie is. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we would be remiss at streaming things if we didn't actually check in with our beloved host, Chris, to see what he thought of Spider Man No Way Home. So he was actually able to call us in on our phone number and leave us his thoughts. Let's listen to what he has to say right now. Welcome back. My name is Chris, and this is not streaming things. This is a voicemail, because I'm not there. I'm blessed to be attending a holiday event with my in-laws, taking my son to go see them. Obviously, through COVID, we haven't gotten to get together very much, so I feel uh, grateful to be able to do that. But I really wish I was there. I can't believe you guys are going to be talking about Spider-Man without me. I went to see Spider-Man No Way Home on premiere night with Andy and my wife and some friends. Absolutely loved it. It was my number one best theater-going experience. In tw- well, probably since the pandemic began, everybody was clapping and hooting and hollering and probably giving each other Omicron, unfortunately. And uh, I think the movie was amazing. The best Spider-Man movie ever made. And now that's not really fair to say. It's like saying Infinity War Endgame is the best MCU movie. But the point still stands. I do want to say, especially to Steve and really most of the world after how you reacted to my TikTok, that this movie, I think, validates my love for Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man and those films in general. Everybody hated on them, and now everyone's talking about, oh, retroactively, I think they're awesome, and Andrew Garfield was wonderful. I've been saying it since 2012. I was right. Just wanted to throw that in there. I miss you all. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever it is that you celebrate. Maybe nothing. Happy holiday season from Chris at Streaming Things. Love you. Happy streaming. What a great guy. What a great guy. And you know what? Yeah, I'll give that to him. I'll let, I'll let him bask in the glory that is him being proven right about Andrew Garfield. I mean, I never said shit about Andrew Garfield, but I just uh, don't like those movies. But uh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that probably wraps it up. Do you guys have anything else to say about Spooderman? Um, well, I mean, as you guys know, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And if history tells us I'm about to keep, get mugged and, and get shot. So remember me, <laughs> you know, I'm surprised there isn't some kind of like Budweiser ad. That's like with great power comes great responsibility. Drink responsibility. Budweiser. <laughs> I think There's that's spider webs on the Budweiser with like the Clydesdales. <laughs> I think that probably wraps it up. Uh, if you want to write in the show, write into uh, streaming things, pod at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Andy most days. We have at Steve may 13 Madison on Twitter. I am at Madison underscore Ingle underscore. Awesome. Just reach out Madison and say, Hey, what up? Thanks for being on the show. You're amazing. Anyway, my name is Andy. I'm Steve. And I'm Madison. Happy streaming.
Hello, everybody, again. It's your friendly neighborhood, Steve, and I am here to right a wrong. In uh, Andy and I's mad dash to slap a Spider-Man episode together without our leader, Chris, we neglected something very important. You know, you take Chris out of the equation and the show just kind of falls apart. Uh, But we neglected to shout out our Patreon members. And as you know, if you are a Patreon member and you subscribe at least a dollar to the show, you get a special shout out on here. And so here, right now, in the 11th hour of the episode, I'm here to right that wrong. So without further ado, thank you to our Patreon members. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Carmelita, an OG member. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much, Enza. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Daniel. Also, thank you, Daniel. I I assume you're one half of the famed Daniel's directors, so I look forward to your next movie. Uh, Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you so much, Sarah. Hope you're enjoying your trip. And thank you, E. Lopez, our newest Patreon member. If you would like to also get your name shouted out, uh, as well as maybe get bonus episodes of the podcast, or just, you know, support us because you're just that big of a fan, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash streaming things. And we have tiers from $1 all the way up to $10. And uh, I'll let that decision go up to you. But uh, until then, guys, uh, the holiday season's right around the corner. This will be our last episode before Christmas. Um, there will be an episode after Christmas. We're going to, we're not going to take a break. We're going to keep on rolling. There's a lot of content to stream and a lot of stuff to get through. So without further ado, thank you so much for listening this year. Uh, we're, we're going to have a lot of great stuff coming up in the, in the next coming year. Uh, I hope sincerely that you all have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Happy streaming.